So my thing tonight is called The Letter. And I wasn't going to use this song, but then it just got stuck in my head, and I looked up the lyrics, and they're so ridiculous that they made me laugh. So some of you will probably remember this song. Some of you may not know it, but uh, I love reading song lyrics, like poetry, like Christopher Walken reads poetry. That's how I hear it in my head. Um, Give me a ticket for an aeroplane. Ain't got time to take a fast train. Lonely days are gone. I'm a-going home. My baby just uh, wrote me a letter. I don't care how much money I got to spend. Got to get back to my baby again. Lonely days are gone. I'm a-going home. My baby just uh, wrote me a letter. I can't tell if this guy's Italian or what. Well, she wrote me a letter and said she couldn't live without me no more. Listen, mister, can't you see? I got to get back to my baby once a more. I don't know if that's just like an A thrown in there or if that's amore, like that's amore. Anyway, and then the, it's that last line that like killed me, to my baby once a more. Anyway, yeah, you got to get back there. Um, so I was thinking about this and it's, you know, and then I was, then I updated the lyrics to more current vernacular. So it's, uh, lonely days are gone. I'm a going home. My baby just sent me an email. So, um, what's that? (laughs) So I was thinking about just how we communicate. Um, and letters were communication for ever. But, you know, then came the telegraph. So it was a little bit quicker. And then came phones. Um, and then came, like, landline phones. And then came computers and email. And then came, like, text messages. Um, like, 19 years ago, I went to Croatia on a trip. And I had to buy calling cards to call home to my wife of three months. And uh, they were crazy. Anybody remember those? They were crazy, like international calling cards. You had to dial like 87 numbers and then dial your phone number of who you wanted to call. It was weird. So then the, then in 2003, I went to Bulgaria. And by this time, the Internet was more widespread around the world. And so you had internet phone. So it was a phone that was connected to the internet. So we went to like internet cafes in all the towns we were in. And then you would pay to use their phone, their service. And then you could call home over the internet. Um, So that was kind of weird. So then last summer I went to Serbia. And this time I had my cell phone with me. And I had service everywhere we went. And I had Wi-Fi. And I could text people, like, in real time if it, you know, unless it was eight-hour time difference in the middle of the night or something. But um, I was texting my wife. And I was FaceTiming with my kids. And I was sending text messages to the staff here when I knew they were all in staff meeting uh, at the same time. Um, so, communication. And there'll be some more on this later. But right now, we are 
Uh oh. I hit. I broke it. Yep, I got it. Maybe. There it goes. All right, I got it. So, we are at the end of Ephesians, finishing up our series on Ephesians. Um, I have kind of two parts tonight that I'm covering. So, but kind of, I basically am covering just a little section on prayer and then what's called the final greetings of a letter. And I was looking at this and I was thinking, what, what is there to glean from the final greetings of these letters in scripture? And I'm like, well, and I got thinking about it. I'm like, well, it's a letter. I think we look at it as scripture because it's broken down in verses and stuff. But I'm like, what if we read this as a letter that was written to us, um, like personally to us? Um, so, yeah. So keep that in mind. Uh, we're going to jump in here. I'll read. You can follow along. Uh, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given to me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. So this is Paul speaking, writing to the church at Ephesus. Um, And then, well, I'll read the and I'll read the next part too. Um, Tychicus, I don't know, the dear brother and faithful servant in the Lord will tell you everything, so that you also may know how I am and what I am doing. I am sending him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are, and that he may encourage you. Peace to the brothers and sisters, and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with an undying love. So we're going to jump into this first part. All right. Um, Okay, sorry. Lost my place. Prayer. So last week we got done talking about putting on the armor of God. All kinds of stuff. Uh, The breastplate of righteousness. Um, the helmet or the belt of truth and the helmet of salvation and the shoes or the whatever that are shod with the readiness of peace. Um, And then, you know, so it's all this stuff on how to basically go to war against the principalities of darkness on this in this world. And then at the end of this, he goes into and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. Um, it's interesting. He, Paul talks about this battle that takes place in the spiritual realms and then talks about this armor that we put on, this preparation for battle. And then at the end, it doesn't say go into battle. 
says, okay, you've put on all this stuff, and now pray. Um, I, have, I wrote down here, prayer is offensive. And that's the offensive, not offensive. Prayer is offensive. Prayer is going on the offense. Prayer is saying, you are ready. You are ready to go into battle. You've put on the things. Now, stand and pray. Um, so this is cool. Pray in the Spirit on all occasions. When? All occasions. Good occasions, bad occasions. Pray. Um, and then what should you pray for? Anything. With all kinds of prayers and requests. Um, we say the Lord's Prayer here. We like the Lord's Prayer. Lord's Prayer is cool. The Lord's Prayer in Scripture, God, Jesus says, and this then is how you should pray. And he gives you kind of a guideline of how you should pray in the Lord's Prayer. That's not the only way you should pray. It is just a way to kind of start. And then Paul here is saying, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. Um, and then especially after that last passage of getting ready for battle, then pray. Just pray all the time. Be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's, Lord's people. So the language here, the be alert, is still kind of a, a battle cry, you know. You've prepared for battle, be alert. And pray for all God's people. Um, Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given to me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. So right here, Paul kind of switches. He's been talking for most of the book about how to do stuff. Um how to be submissive to authority, how to go to battle against darkness, um, how to pray, and then, oh, and pray also for me. So he's starting kind of the wrap-up of his letter here. Um, oh. there's, a, there's a missionary from the early part of the 20th century. Her name is Mary Slessor. Slessor, I don't know. She's... Um, Scottish missionary who went to Nigeria, red-haired, blue-eyed, went to Nigeria at the turn of the century and had a great effect on the people in the village where she was working. Um, Apparently, the type of people, some of the the people groups that she was working with, they thought having twins was evil. And so they would do crazy things like leave one of the twins out in the woods to basically die or fend for itself or do whatever because they thought there was evil attached to it. So she came in there to this part of Nigeria and basically kind of worked through these people and helped them to stop doing that practice of killing off twins when they were born. Um, I was doing some reading on her and like, Apparently in in Aberdeen and places around Scotland, like there are 
schools named for her, banks, like roads, like all kinds of stuff. She's pretty rad. But she has uh, some of my favorite quotes. Um, she wrote to a friend who had long prayed for her. I have always said that I have no idea how or why God has carried me over so many funny and hard places and made these hordes of people submit to me or why the government should have given me the privilege of a magistrate among them, except in answer to prayer made at home for me. It is all beyond my comprehension. The only way I can explain it is on the ground that I have been prayed for more than most. So pray on, dear one. The power lies that way. Um, And then on another occasion she wrote, Prayer is the greatest power God has put into our hands for service. Praying is harder than doing. At least I find it so. But the dynamic lies that way to advance the kingdom. Um, Prayer is a big deal. I dig these quotes. Like I go back to them a lot when I'm struggling with prayer. Um, but praying, you know, praying is harder than doing. At least I find it so. Uh, a woman, a Scottish woman who leaves her home and her family gets on a boat to Nigeria and say, is saying that praying is harder than doing. And she's the one going and doing, I don't know. It's pretty cool. So yeah, pray in the spirit on all occasions. With all kinds of requests. Um, so then the, the second part of that thing where it switches to Paul. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given to me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. I underline fearlessly because it jumped out. He said it twice in two verses. Um, Paul asked the people in Ephesus who he just got done teaching all this stuff to pray that he preaches the word fearlessly. He doesn't ask that the word is prayed for. So, or he doesn't ask for effectiveness in preaching the word. He, says um, he doesn't ask for prayer so that people will think he is cool. He doesn't ask for more Bible knowledge. He doesn't ask for prayer to be more likable for the sake of the gospel. He says just to be fearless about preaching the gospel. Um, I think we get caught up sometimes that we're not good enough or we haven't learned enough or we haven't something enough to preach the gospel. Um, And Paul just knows that the gospel is effective in itself. We just have to be fearless in talking about it. Um, This verse, this is also Paul. Um, This Verse is kind of the reason why I'm up here. Um, I've never, I never preached until about a year ago. Uh, I did once, like 20 years ago or something. I don't know. Um, and I just didn't want to do it. I still don't think I'm that great at it. But for Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom and eloquence, 
lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. Um, man, that verse kicked my ass when I came across it. Lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. Like, that is a huge statement. Like, Paul is basically saying, my job is to preach the gospel, and it doesn't really matter how I do it, because if I try to do it under my own power, then the power of the cross is null, or, yeah, emptied. So, that's something to think about, something to chew on. It's not meant to be guilt not guilt, guilt ridden for you guys. It's just something to think about. Like, sometimes I think, oh, I could talk to that person, but I'm not cool enough, or I'm not whatever enough, or I don't want to offend them, or I don't want to ruin my relationship with that person. And then if you're, and when you put it in the context of, the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ that could change that person's life. I don't know. What's more valuable is worrying about my relationship with that person or making sure that they hear the good news. Again, kind of heavy. Not meant to be to riddle you with guilt, but just... I don't know, Paul's kind of a jerk about some things sometimes, but very effective in what he did. So I just I just found that really interesting of just how he mentioned the fearlessness twice, or yeah, to preach the gospel fearlessly. Um, so after... I'll just say this now because I forgot to tell the band. After we do communion, um, we're going to take some time and we're going to pray and I'll kind of lead that when we get there. So um, so be thinking about these things. Be thinking about what you want to pray for. And then he moves on from here to the what's called the final greetings. Tychicus... The dear brother and faithful servant in the Lord will tell you everything so that you may also know how I am and what I am doing. Um, Tychicus was mentioned five times in the New Testament in different books. Uh, This part time in Ephesians is just one of the times. We don't know anything about the dude other than he probably was from Ephesus. But that's all we know about the guy. But he's mentioned five times. So he was probably one of Paul's closest friends. Um, And I think it's in Ephesians and Galatians, willing to be sent to deliver the letters to the church there, um, to be an encouragement. Um, He was a postman for Paul, basically. Um, kind of cool. Don't know much about the guy, but other than he's just willing to go and do what Paul asks him to do 
and deliver encouragement to these fledgling churches who are just getting their start all over the region. Um, just, yeah. Uh, oh, keep hitting the wrong button. I am sending him to you for this very purpose that may, you may know how we are and that he may encourage you. And then the last two verses. Peace to the brothers and sisters and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with an undying love. And that's how he ends the letter. So what? So what do we learn from this? These uh, six verses at the end of Ephesians. Basically, pray and encourage. Um, send a letter. I know that's not something we do anymore. Send an email. Send a text. A phone call. doesn't really matter. Communicate with intent to somebody to encourage them. When someone comes to your mind that you maybe haven't thought of or you think about or you keep thinking about, pray for them. Send them a text. Um, uh, well, this was years years ago. I uh, This girl that I knew from high school, I just started thinking about her one day. I hadn't talked to her in probably three years or something. And I was like, oh, yeah, I wonder how she's doing. Cool. And I went about my business. And then the next day, I started thinking about her some more. And the next day, and the next day, and for like a week straight, I just could not get her out of my mind. So I finally was like, okay, I better track her down. And I didn't know if her phone number was the same. I didn't know anything. So I called her. And I said, hey, this is Dave Weatherby. And she goes, Dave. She's like, you will never guess what happened to me. And I'm like, okay, what? And she goes, I got baptized last week. And this was a girl all through high school who was not a believer. Um, and so that's when I realized, like, when God puts somebody on your mind, pay attention to it. Um, send him a letter. Send them a text, send them an email, something. Pray for them. See if you can be an encouragement to them. Um, I do that all the time around here. Probably some of you have gotten texts from me with a stupid picture or a meme or something or, hey, what's up, or how's it going? Um, and I just try to pay attention to those things. Okay, I'm thinking about you. You're on my mind. How are you doing today? How's it going? So, we're at the end of this letter of Ephesians. Dang it. Um, If we look at it as a letter, Ephesians is a letter of encouragement. This is just kind of where we've been over the last eight months. And Jesse's probably going to to talk about this more next week. Um, But this is some of the stuff that we have 
looked at in Ephesians and hopefully been encouraged by. Um, one of the things, uh, so I'm just going to read down this list. This is not everything we covered, but this is just a lot of the stuff that we have covered in Ephesians. God's direction is toward us. Um, it, I know it doesn't seem like it sometimes, but God cares about us. We have an inheritance in his kingdom. We are heirs to God's kingdom. We are not outsiders. Um, the, the Ephesians spoke to unity in the kingdom and what that is. We are not outsiders. There, we are unified under Christ. We are renewed. We are made new. Um, we talked about Christian rebellion. We talked about submission. We talked about children and parents, slaves and masters, spiritual warfare, armor of God, and prayer. All things that Paul wants to encourage us in um, with his letter. So, we're going to jump back into this letter thing. Ephesians is a letter. And then if we look at the Bible, the Bible is a love letter to us. You've probably heard that said before. But again, think about the implications of that. Um, We tend to look at the Bible as a reference book of religious ideals. And yeah, we study it. We learn from it. We dive in. But if we look at it as a letter written to us, um, it's just a cool, cool way to look at it. I was uh, looking around at stuff as I was preparing for this sermon, and I found this story of this camp in Australia. And this teacher basically put together a leadership camp for, I think it was junior high age kids. Um just to help them grow and develop as leaders in their school, to give them confidence. But one of the things she did was she had a meeting before this camp started, and she invited all the parents of these kids to come. And she said, okay, I want you guys to write an I believe in you letter to your kid. And then you're gonna, we're going to mail it to the camp or something. Um, And then we're going to pass these out and your kid gets to read this letter that you wrote to them saying, I believe in you. Um, And it it was a pretty cool article. I'm not going to go into all of it. But so the second day of the camp, this girl comes out during lunchtime with this stack of letters and she starts calling off names and the kids get all excited like, oh, I got mail. And so they run... Over And then they start realizing, like, every kid here got a letter. And they open the letters, and they start reading them. And some of the kids go off in the corner, and they're crying. Um, and they're just clearly affected by these letters from their own parents. Um, and so I'm going to read one of the letters from one of the parents. Um, this is pretty cool. Dear Marianne, You are as precious to us today 
as you were the moment you were born. When we first saw you and heard you, we knew you were destined to be a leader. We have been constantly amazed by you as we watch you grow and blossom into a beautiful, outgoing, and loving young lady. You walked and talked at an early age. You developed an understanding of other people's feelings and an awareness of the world around you as a young child. Daily, we watch you find the beauty in the world, the best in other people, and the silver lining to every cloud. You are filled with kindness and love for everyone around you, and you put those feelings into actions. With lots of effort and imagination, you accept, oh, with lots of effort and imagination, you accept everyone just the way they are. You are non-judgmental and sensitive, a lover of babies and the elderly, ill or disadvantaged, and a true animal lover. Life has been rocky in our household, and we are stunned at how well you have coped and grown in spirit and used all those tough times to make you stronger. We admire the way you look forward and search for solutions to the problems facing our world today. You have been a wonderful support, a devoted daughter, sister, granddaughter, niece, cousin, and friend. Everyone who knows you comments on your beautiful nature. You paint the sky for us. We will always stand behind you to help and guide you. We love you and thank you for being you, a true leader, with love and kisses from mom and dad. Um, I choked up a little bit when I was reading that. Um, I'm 44. and Thanks, Declan. <laughs> and... Uh, uh, my mom's a little crazy, and she tells me how much she loves me all the time. But I still even think if I got a letter from my parents now that said that, that would be meaningful. Um, so, the power of words to encourage... Uh, yeah, it's pretty sweet. So, write some letters to some people. Oh, let's go to the next one. So in John, at the beginning, John one one says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then in John one fourteen, just down a little bit, it says, No, go back. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus is called the Word, the letter, God's letter sent to us on this earth. Um, and the next one you guys all know, probably. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, the Word, the letter, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Oh, 16 and 17. Um, so, yeah. That was all over the place. That's the end of... Ephesians, <laughs> that is Paul's letter to us. That is God's love letter to us. His word, his truth. 
Um, so yeah, that's all there is to say on that. We're going to take communion now. This is another another form of recognizing God's letter to us. Um, the night before Christ went to the cross, he was hanging out with his buddies. And he took bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which was given for you. He took some wine in a cup said, this is my blood that was poured out for you. Um, so, yeah, it's a, just a physical reminder of what God did for us. Um, it's sort of the end, sort of the sign-off of Jesus's part of the letter by saying, I did this for you. I did this so that all the bad stuff that you ever did is paid for. All the shame, all the heartache that you bear is paid for. Um, so yeah, we'll uh, come up, tear off a piece of bread, dip it in the juice, and then you can go somewhere, whatever, take it right there, go back to your seat, pray with somebody, say thank you to God for your letter that you gave to me. Um, the band's going to play, and then when we're done with communion, then we're going to practice a little bit of the prayer stuff that I was talking about.